0: Hi. Welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! You know, I hope all of you guys are doing okay. Uh, but the truth is that many times in life, and in fact, uh, one of the worst things in life uh, is that when things don't go okay, uh, and not just don't go okay, what I mean is that, you know, it's, it's When things go wrong, uh, it really goes wrong. How many of you have been there before? When it rains, it pours. And in life, we cannot avoid storms. In fact, I was doing some research and there's this phrase called a perfect storm." Now a perfect storm is something that you cannot avoid you know uh, 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 crewmates and, and mariners and and different people who who work with the ocean uh, say that a perfect storm happens uh, when you know the the hurricane wind conditions. Uh, meet with a cold front, which is like uh, the temperature of the air on top of the ocean, Uh, and it meets with a heavy downpour. And when all these three things combine, uh, it creates a perfect storm. A storm so fierce, so big, so strong, that ships cannot sail around it but they have no choice but to go through it and in life we have things like that as well you know we have perfect storms perfect by no means because they are awesome uh, but perfect because it's, to, it's like a perfect recipe for disaster you know it feels like uh, uh, when something goes wrong you know it, it, uh, other things go wrong as well in fact you don't need to be traveling by sea to go through storms in life How many of you have been there before uh, where you get a rejection letter followed by uh, a relationship breakup, you know? I'm just trying to be as hypothetical so that I don't hit any sore points, but you know what I'm saying. Sometimes for our perfect storm to happen, we don't need three things to, to happen at the same time. We just need two things. Or sometimes we just need one thing to happen after another, and then another, and then another. But the thing about storms is this, that we have to go through them. And the Bible, the good news is this, the Bible gives us principles on how to go through the storms in our lives. First of all, I want you to know that, you know, storms that happen in our lives uh, are not there to punish us, but... It's there, so that we can learn from it, so that we can, you know, be molded by it. Uh, and to illustrate this point, I want us to turn uh, to the first scripture of the day, which is Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. In fact, the whole of Jonah chapter 1, and you will find that in the Bible, when it comes to storms, whether it's Jesus and his disciples in the storm, or Jonah and his storm, uh, there is always something we can learn from it. And uh, that is what I feel God wants to speak to us about this morning, which is to learn how to navigate through the storms in our lives. And that's why I've titled today's message, Don't Fear the Storm don't fear it, amen? And you might not look forward to having a storm, but when it happens, don't fear it because when you allow fear in, it paralyzes you and and, and, and kind of like keeps you stuck in, in, a, in a pattern. I still remember when I was a small boy, my first experience with a storm, I was about five years old when I had my first thunderstorm. Man, it was so scary. It happened in the middle of the night when I was sound asleep and suddenly storms begin to erupt rain fell lightning fell you know and I was hearing this thing called thunder for the first time you know and the skies were lit up by lightning I was terrified you know it struck our house and the circuit breaker went off and and electricity you know when when it gets dark and stormy you know what gives us a lot of safety light but then when lightning hits and the circuit breaker goes off you know uh, the, the the electricity fails and and we, I was so afraid, just just huddle next to my parents and we could do nothing except wait through. This thunderstorm. But what happened was that a few days after that, you know, I was so terrified that a few days after that, it was just in bright daylight, right? So it wasn't nighttime, it wasn't scary, there was no rain, but I was so terrified by the sound of the rushing wind and everything that. I saw a, a, a gust of wind begin to blow, you know, a stronger than usual wind. You know, No rain, no, nothing, just a stronger than usual wind in broad daylight, and it began to cause the branches of a tree in our know, garden to sway a little bit. Upon seeing that, I was so terrified that I ran to my room and I hid under the covers and, and began to go like, oh no, oh no, I, I was so terrified, I began to cry and that's what fear ha- does to us. Fear, you know, kind of like brings us and, and keeps us in, and paralyzes us in a place where we don't want to be. And that's why it's so important for us to know how to navigate the storms in our lives instead of just being a victim uh, to the trauma of the storms. Amen. And so I want us to turn to Jonah chapter 1, verse 2. Uh, chapter 1 verse 1 to 17 if your dad can't hear a good amen amen praise God Uh, Jonah chapter 1 we're going to read the whole chapter 1 and here it goes now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai saying arise go to Nineveh that great city cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the ocean, so that the ship was about to be broken up. A mighty storm, guys. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lower part of the ship and lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. So they were really desperate. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us for whose cause is the trouble uh, upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, "Why have you done this?" For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had taught them. Then they said to him, "What shall we do for you that the sea may become for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous, well that's a big word, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea, that the sea will become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, for they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. Amen. You know, of course, you know, before I go into, you know, how we can learn from this incident with Jonah and the storm. Many times we hear about Jonah and the fish, but not Jonah and the storm. But of course, the good news is this. At the end, Jonah was preserved by the Lord. He was kept in the belly of a fish for three days, three nights. He tried running away from God, but in the end, he surrendered to God, he repented, and he, you know, did what God commanded, and you know, he warned the people of Nineveh, hey, God is angry at you, but he does not want to wipe you out, so repent, and they did. So it did have a happy ending. But in life, many times, you no know, storms don't just pass like that. And we don't always have a backup plan called a fish to rescue us. And we have to go through it. And that is why I want to teach us at least three principles on how we can navigate through the storms in our lives. And, and this is not a message for people who are going through storms now. Uh, because the fact of life is this, that we will go through storms sooner or or later you know sooner or later this is not a curse this is just life Uh, and and sooner or later we will go through something when it feels like when it rains it pours or we will feel like you know what's that saying out of the pan into the fireplace or something like that but basically you know uh, things go wrong one after the other you you lose your job and then you lose a loved one uh you 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 have a uh, a car accident and then you have another bill to pay or maybe you just finish paying your student loan or, or just finish paying the mortgage for your house and then something happens that requires you know a, a more financial commitment you know when, when when things go wrong they really go wrong and that's why you know it's so important for us to to know how to navigate through this because like what i said earlier it wasn't only after the storm that Jonah had a happy ending, but how he handled the storm, as you read earlier, you know, the people who were with him on the ship, after they 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 threw Jonah into the ocean, their hearts were changed. They, they had a life-transforming experience of God, and they offered up a sacrifice to God, and they made vows. And making vows is basically, you know, vow to change their lives, you know, for them turning their hearts to God. And so it's important for us not just to know how to navigate through the storms of life because of our own sakes, but also because of the people around us. And could it be that God wants us to be experts in navigating through the storm so that even in our navigation, people can be navigated to God? towards salvation. Amen. So I pray uh, that this message will bless you, will give you hope to outlast the storm, but it will also give you purpose in the storm. Amen. I've got three points for you. Uh, three things to happen when we go through life storms. Of course, like I said earlier, don't fear the storm because fear holds us into and keeps us stuck in the pattern. But these are three things. You know, once you realize you shouldn't be afraid of storms, these are three things. Point number one, study the storm. Study the storm. Now, I know that at the end of this storm, Jonah and the storm, uh, there was a happy ending. You know he he didn't miss his destiny. He preached in the city of Nineveh and the whole city of Nineveh was saved. The people repented. Of course, the sailors and the crewmates were saved there. They repented. But the thing is this, there would not have been a storm if Jonah didn't rebel, if Jonah didn't run away. And and one pastor uh, put put it in this way. He says that whenever you feel like running away from the calling of God, when God has called you to do something and you want to run away from His presence, the devil will always make sure that there is a boat for you to sail on. And so don't be too eager, you know. Sometimes we, we we know that God has called us to do something and then we run away from it and then we delude ourselves thinking that, look, you know, uh, uh, life has been better without God now. Look, I've got a better job. I've got more money. Hey, don't, don't be so quick to celebrate that job, that money, that opportunity, that thing that just popped up that is instrumental in bringing you further away from God. That is just one storm away from sinking you know and, and it's so important because Jonah uh, uh, when the storm happened he understood he studied the storm and he realized that yep this is a storm. Of my doing and many times in life we go through storms because of our own doing now I'm, I'm not talking about because you know we've done bad things in the past No, that the concept of karma it, it, it doesn't exist you know because Jesus has settled our debt to sin all the mistakes all the punishment Jesus took it on himself and so we don't have to worry about past sins coming back to haunt us. However, we need to worry about continuous disobedience, which was what Jonah did. You know, what haunted him wasn't something he did in the past. What haunted him was his present disobedience. And, and many times, the storms that we're facing right now could be due to the st- a disobedience in our lives. And what we need to do, is you know, to kind of like figure out if the storms we're facing right now is a byproduct of that, we need to study the storm. And this is exactly what they did in verse 8 of Jonah chapter 1. He says here in verse 8, please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to ask ourselves this question as well. You know, what is your occupation? Maybe you're in a storm, but you're going to, I don't listen to the voice of God. What is your occupation? And I don't mean your job. What is it that you're supposed to do? What is it that you're supposed to do? What is it that God has challenged you to do, you know, that you are not doing? What is your assignment that you're running away from? You know, what is your occupation? What has God asked you to do? You know, where do you come from? In other words, what are you running away from? You know, sometimes you're running away from uh, uh, obedience, God asks us to forgive, but we're running away. God asks us to sacrifice, we're running away. God asks us to tithe, and we're running away from that, thinking that, you know what, I'm going to chart my own future, is safer in my own hands, my finances are safer in my own hands, my job is safer in my own hands not realizing that we're actually running away from the presence of God. And when that happens, storms happen. You know, many times we take for granted, we think that God is not trustworthy, far from it. You know, sometimes it is when we run away from Him that the storms begin to happen. So maybe for some of us, we've got to ask ourselves, am I running away from something, a certain responsibility and I'm running away from, you know, a certain obedience, a certain vow that I have made to God. It says that, you know, what is your country? And I'm not talking about, you know, where are from? Are you from the UK? You know, are you from, you know, Malaysia, you know, Hong Kong, Australia, Canada, China, you know, uh, you know, Philippines, wherever you're watching this from? You know, no, it's not a question of nationality. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind us, hey, where are you from? aren't you from the kingdom of God? And sometimes you know we we struggle with obedience because we forget that hey, we are no longer citizens of planet Earth. We are from God's kingdom. And in God's kingdom, in God's kingdom the constitution is love your neighbor. The constitution is love your enemies. The constitution is forgive. And sometimes we 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 live as if we are not from the kingdom of God, and God is saying that, hey, the storm that is brewing. Have you forgotten who you are? Amen. You know, it says there. You know, and what people are you again? What people are you? Are you God's people? Are you my people who are called by my name? You know, and and, and again, you know, I, I I shared the story earlier uh, about. You know, being afraid of the storm. And I was—I still remember I was hiding underneath the blanket, so afraid. And my siblings had to look at me and you know, had to check on me and go like, what's wrong with you? You know, and, and maybe God is checking up on us and going like, what's wrong with you? You know, but what's wrong with you? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that you are a child of God? Have you forgotten that you are a friend of God? Have you forgotten that you have been saved? Not to live as how you should used to live, but to live as a living sacrifice to God now? Have you forgotten where you're going, the destiny that God has installed for you? Have you forgotten You know His assignments for you? Have you forgotten you know, where you came from, how broken you once were? Why are you trying to go back to that addiction again? Why are you trying to go back to that shame again? Why? What's wrong with you? And, and and that's what I mean by study the storm, you know, because now granted, you know, I'll explain this in other points, not every storm is our own doing, but some storms are, and for those storms, the best way to overcome, how did they overcome, how did, when they learn from it, when they learn what, you know, what, and they gave to God, what belonged to God, they gave to God. It looked like they threw him in the ocean, but essentially they gave to God the prophet that belonged to God. When you begin to give to God the worship that belongs to him, the finances that belong to him, the obedience that belongs to him, the sacrifice that belongs to him, you will see the storms, certain storms in your life begin to be still again and you know, to find peace again. So that's my point number one. Some of the storms of our own doing, study it, amen, and repent from it. Just like what Jonah did. You know, he repented. You know, the whole city of Nineveh couldn't have repented if he didn't repent. And if he didn't repent, the crewmates couldn't have repented. And so, you know, give to God what belongs to him and allow the storms in your life to dissipate. Point number two, surrender to the storm. Like I said, not every storm is your own doing. Some storms in life are designed by God for us to go through. You know, I've spoken to people who surf before, and they say that the key towards surfing is not to go against the ocean, but is to flow with the ocean, to go through the waves. And many times when storms happen, whether it's a, I don't know what storm it is, whether it's a tragedy or or, or something unexpected, you know, sometimes it is allowed by God because the only way for us to learn is to throw ourselves into the storm. You know, in verse 12 of Jonah chapter 1, this was the, the solution, pick me up and throw me into the sea then the sea will become for you some of our storms like i said it's like a perfect storm you can't sail around it you can only throw yourself at it, and it's only in throwing yourself into the storm that you go through the storm, that, that, that there's no other way. In. And But why? You may be thinking, why? Why does God allow storms in my life just so that I can go through it? Pastor, I thought that all my sins have been forgiven. Why does it feel like God is on my case? Why does it feel like God is punishing me? Well, no, none of that actually. To help us understand that, let me turn us to another scripture, John chapter 12, verse 23 to 28. John 12, 23 to 28, and I'm going to read. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, It remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me and where I am. There my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by heard it and said it and thundered. And of course, no, they were just like in awe of like, "Whoa, who is this that when he speaks, you know, heaven answers. And I want us to focus on the word glorify. Glorify, you know, the word glorify is used again and again here. And many times we say this, you know, I want to glorify God. You know, what it means is this. I want to please God. I want to make God's name famous, not infamous. I want people to, to love God's name. I want people to, to hear God's name. I, I want to be a force for good, for God, you not know, to bring about change. I want to glorify, I want to glorify We used it many times, especially in the church. But then Jesus teaches this, that, hey, glorification cannot happen unless there is first sacrifice. And you cannot glorify unless a grain, Jesus used the example, a grain of wheat, unless it falls to the ground, and if that's not enough, you know, falling to the ground feels like a storm in itself, and dies, the Bible (laughs) says, You know, it, it, it cannot produce much grain. And he who loves his life will lose it. And if anyone serves me, let him follow me and go to where I am. And and what we need to understand is this, that we throw around the word, I want to glorify, I want to glorify God, many times. But many times also, we have forgotten the true meaning of the word. And to glorify God is not just to have blessing upon blessing. To glorify God means this, that God, I'm willing to do anything if it makes your name famous. God, I will, I will go through the tough times. And like I said, the people will transform, not because Jonah didn't meet a storm, but, but because he met a storm. And and, and God sometimes will allow uh, the, the storms in our life to, to shape us and, and use the storms in our life as a billboard of his goodness goodness. And the resilience of his people. I was recently reminded of this when I overheard a conversation by you know uh, one of Kat's uh, uh, one of the, the senior partners in the in her law firm, advising the younger lawyers on how to reach out to the clients to, to to help them through this uh, uncertainty because you know people are saying things like man after this pandemic there could be a recession maybe we're already in it. And this senior partner said this and said that you know what? I, I, I've been calling up my contacts and telling them this. Hey, how are you? And I know that tough times are coming, but can I tell you that I've been through three recessions? So let me know how I can help you. And I'm and I was like caught off guard because I've never heard the word I've been through three recessions as a positive thing. You know, we don't like to go through recession. One is horrible. Two is impossible. Three is a nightmare. And... Here is this person who has gone through the storms of the economic recessions of the past decades and now she is in the position to help other people and then God began to speak to me and says that, Dave, could it be that I allow storms in your life, in the life of my people so that they can say to the people around them, hey, I've been through similar pain, I've been through worse pain, I've been through worse tragedy and I'm here to help. Let me be your shoulder to cry on. Isn't that more impressive than for Christians to go and go like, well, I don't know. I've been in this little bubble of God's blessing, so sucks to be you. No, no, no. God wants us to be shaped by the storms in our life. You know, could it be that, you know, God, he is the porter and he uses, you know, the, the, the porter's will call a storm to mold us into his image. Amen? And 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 I begin to think of like, yeah, wow, God. You know, so many times you say, God, I want to do you proud. How come we never say, God, I want to do you proud when I'm in a storm? You know, many times you say, God, I'll make a difference for you. How come we never dare say, God, I want to make a difference for you while in a storm? And I don't want to scare you and, and, and say that, you know, God uses bad times uh, to, to mold Uh, uh, his people, you know, God uses anything. God can use blessing to mold you. God can use success to mold you. God can use failure to mold you. But I want you to understand that when you go through life, and this is so important for our own mental, emotional, and spiritual health, that when we go to storms and we begin to study the storm and, and and understand that this is not a storm of our own doing, this is not a storm uh, caused by our disobedience, then that what we need to do then is to brace for the storm and say, it's "God, I surrender, not my not my will, but yours be done," uh, and allow you know God to to bring us through the storm because it is only in the storm that we learn certain lessons. And principles about God. You know, I know for, for a fact that the disciples and Jesus, if they didn't go into the storm, they wouldn't know that Jesus had power and authority over the storms. But don't worry about that. We'll go into that in point number three. You know, and, and I know it, it, we don't like to hear this. Sometimes we find it hard to combine a loving God and a God who used storms. But I want you to know that, you know what? God knows what's best for us. So many times we look at the life of our other friends and we compare and we say that, you know what, my friend, they don't know God. And how come they seem to be getting promotion after promotion, you know, fame after fame. And and I know God, I sacrifice for Him, I live for Him and my life is in a mess. You know, what's with that, God? How come it's so unfair? And for that, I want to encourage you by saying that, you know, God also knows who can go through a storm. You know, God knew how to get to the heart of Jonah through a storm, but he also knew that Jonah was resilient enough to withstand a storm. So I want you to pause there to that statement that that we say many times. How come my friends who don't know God seem to have it easier, and I know God, and my life is like a desert? Well, the difference is because you know God. You see, because you know God, even in a desert, you can have hope. Even in a desert, you can have faith. And your friends who don't know God, you know, if, if if a storm were to happen, they would lose all hope and, and they will be even more lost. And so don't look at God's mercy and, and hate it and, and don't look at God's purpose in your life and hate that as well. Could it be that you're going through this storm? Because God knows that you're tough enough. The Bible says that we can be struck down but not destroyed. We can be persecuted but not abandoned. You might feel like life is unfair, but I want you to know, God is saying, I'm only giving you this because I know that you are tough enough to go through it. Now pick yourself up and allow me to mold you. Amen. You know, so many times, you know, it's so easy for us again to say that, you know, how can a loving God do this and do that? And then I just want to use this simple example. You know, I, I, I used this example recently in Alpha when a similar question comes up. You know, if, if God is good, how come this? How come that? And all I can say, being led by the Holy Spirit, is this, that, well, the, the, the examples you use, well, that's not your story. That's their story. And God must have a purpose to let them go through that story. And while that story to you seems horrible Seems so miserable. It doesn't mean that it will end miserable. You know what you're looking is a tragic origin story, and and we are familiar with tragic origin stories because every superhero we like has a tragic origin story. Spider-Man was bitten by a poisonous spider, and his uncle was shot in front of him. You know. Tony Stark or Iron Man uh, had an explosion and shot sharp nose speared into his chest. You know, Doctor Strange had his hands crushed. Captain America was born as a frail little boy. Uh, a Batman had his parents shot in front of him. And Superman had his whole planet destroyed. And as tragic as all those things sound... That's just the beginning. That's just their origin. That's not their ending. You know, you know that God is speaking to you when He's using comic books to illustrate the gospel truth. So friends, pick yourself up again. You know, you might feel like what you're going through is tragic, but that might be the beginning that will not be the end because God is with you. If there's one thing you can learn from God and storms is that he's always with his people in the storm. Whether it's Jesus or, you know, with his disciples or Jonah running away from God, God is never far behind. God is there to, to to create a miraculous circumstance for Jonah to even be preserved three days, three nights, you know, by a giant fish. I mean, that's miraculous. What kind of fish is that? I don't know, but God provided. God is not far. So what is it left for us to do than to surrender to the storm and allow God to mold us through the storm? May we be people like that senior partner who will say, I've been through three recessions, how can I help? I've been through no, three heartaches, how can I help? I've been through a drought, how can I help? I've been through miscarriages, how can I help? I've lost a loved one, how can I help? I've failed before, how can I help? You know, I've, my, I've lost my business before, how can I help? Amen. Point number three is this. Speak to the storm. Ah, this is the point we're all familiar with. Speak to the storm. You might be thinking, Pastor, why did you start with this? It's because you know to speak to the storm, we've got to be in the storm. Many times you think that, man, I, I gotta be like Jesus, speak to the storm. Thinking that when we see a storm coming like a tsunami, we are to just, you know, boldly speak, you know, I, I, I renounce you, I, 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 you know, bound you and throw you and I, I, you know, in the name of Jesus be cast down. But that's not what God means by speaking to the storm. In fact, Jesus wouldn't have to speak to the storm if he wasn't in the storm. So regardless, we've got to be in the storm. We've got to be in the storm to speak to the storm. We've got to be in the storm to study the storm, in the storm to surrender to the storm and speak. And you cannot speak until you have surrendered, you know, to the to the winds of the storm. And I want to turn to us to Mark chapter four. I've been alluding to this the whole time now. Mark chapter four, verse 35 to 41. Mark four, uh, 40, uh, 35 to 41, you have Jesus uh, saying, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the wave was beat into the boat, so that it was already filling filling of water. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care? that we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. You know, even right there, you know, you can see that the disciples, no, they had a lesson to learn from the storm. You know, and and they they had to surrender to the storm. Like I say, if they didn't go through the storm, they wouldn't see Jesus' power. But they should have learned that. Hey, wait a second. You know, this is Jesus. We've seen him do miracles. This storm is no match for him. Hey, we've seen him. You know, raise the dead. We see him. You know, just just you know, conquer over. Everything, why should we be afraid? We, we heard him preach that he's here to give us life and life to the full. How can we say he does not care? In the same way, the disciples had to study the storm. And they had to be surrendered to the storm before they could learn to speak to the storm. And this is my encouragement for you again. You might feel like right now, no, Pastor, easy for you to say, storm, 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 storm. But I really feel like, God, do you not care? Guess what? The disciples felt the same way. God, do you not care? Why are you sleeping? And you could be going through a season in your life where it feels like your prayers are not being answered. It feels like God's asleep on your case. But when you know that, that's not the case at all. It says there that God was sleeping, but He was at the stern, the stern of the boat. And the stern is this way to describe the back of the boat. You know, it's a it's a maritime you know a, a way to describe back stern, the stern of a boat. And let this be an encouragement. You might feel like God doesn't care, but he's got your back. He's got your back. You might feel like he's sleeping, but he's on the boat and he's at the back. He's got your back. Tell somebody, God's got your back. And now that you know that God's got your back, what do you do? Speak, speak. Now, what do you speak? No, stop, get out of my sight. Don't come to my life. No, 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 no. You speak what Jesus spoke. Jesus said, peace, be still. And this is so important because the, when it comes to the storms in our lives, and many times I don't think we're dealing with actual thunderstorm storms. If you are, if you're watching this somehow in the ocean, and speak to it and I believe that God will come through for you. But for all of us, it's, it's the other storms in our life. The, the tragedies, the, 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 the power of bad decisions and disobedience that form a perfect recipe for disaster. And for those, or maybe it's none of that. Maybe it's just a storm that God wants you to go through so that he can use you to be a comforter uh, to those in need in the future and to those, for all of us, speak to your heart, peace, be still. Now, you might be wondering, Jesus is the only one that commanded the storms. I don't see the other disciples doing it. Are you sure, Pastor, that we can just speak to the storm? No, this this sounds like some, you know, is this proper teaching? Well, let me let me give you additional scripture. Is that okay? You know, I want us to turn uh, to John uh, chapter fourteen, verse twenty-seven. John 14, 27 says, "This peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you." Underline the word leave, and underline the word give. Not as the world gives do I give to you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid when you know that peace what can we speak to the storm how should we speak to the storm speak peace speak to your heart peace can you do this yes Where jesus says my peace i leave with you my peace I give to you, as if leaving to us, you know, as, as, as you know, the word leave to you is it, like an inheritance. You know, I, I'm leaving to you as an inheritance. You're going to inherit my peace, my supernatural peace. And in case you don't get it, I'm going to give it to you. In case you don't get it, let me tell you one more time. I'm giving it to you, not as the world gives. Because if the world gives you something, uh, you can lose it. But when God gives you something, you can never lose it. When the world gives you something, you can use it maybe once or once in a while. You know, for example, when do people give you a birthday present? Once a year on your birthday, if you have good friends. You know, uh, oh, when uh, can you redeem maybe your free gift, uh, a voucher for something? Once, once you redeem that free gift, you can't go back. You know, if you attended or you won, who wants to be a millionaire? You, you can only claim one million once. You can't just go back and, and and try to win it again. But God is saying that's the world's way. The world's way is once. The world's way is once a year. The world's way is you know it, you know we will honor this free voucher. This this free meal, this, this this free car wash, uh, according to our terms and conditions. If it doesn't clash with another promotion, blah, 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 there's a fine print to it. But when it comes to God's peace, there's no fine print to it. And God is saying that peace I leave to you as inheritance, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, which also means this, that we how many times can we unwrap a present once according to the ways of the world? But how many times can you unwrap the gifts of God? again, and again, and again, and again. The Bible says His grace for us is new every morning, and so is His peace for us to unwrap every time we need it, every storm that we face. Unwrap God's gift. Speak God's peace. Amen. Speak it again, and again, and again. Know it as your inheritance. Let it set you free. Let your heart not be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. And that's another clue right there. What do you speak? You know, if your boss is the storm in your life, do you go up to your boss and go, peace be still. You know, if if you're, I don't know, in a marriage, your marriage is going through a tough time, do you go up to to your spouse and go, peace be still. You know, if your children are giving you a headache, do you go to your children and go, peace be still. No, your heart. Peace I give to you, not as the world gives, peace I leave to you. Let your heart speak to your heart. Speak to your heart. Yeah, you're going through a storm. Speak to it. Not the storm, but where the storm is affecting you the most. Your heart. And you go like, heart, don't be afraid. Heart, don't be troubled. Jesus is at the stern, Jesus is at the back. Jesus is, I can, I feel the storm splashing on my face, but Jesus is on my back. God, this tragedy, why are you using this to shape me? That Lord, do it. And Lord, peace. God, give me the peace to go through this storm. Amen. And that's the type of speaking to the storm. Not a little bubble Christian that that only once and to claim you know, health and wealth, that's not the full gospel. The full gospel is this, if you want to glorify me, and then I give you this example, this little kernel of wheat, unless it falls to the ground, ouch, and dies, ouch, it cannot produce much grain, ouch. If you want to serve me, then you be where I'm at. And where was Jesus? In the boat, in the storm? I pray that this message has encouraged you and, and the last point especially is such a privilege for us as believers where we got to remind ourselves again, who am I, you know? And we got to remind ourselves, I'm a child of God, saved by Jesus. I have the inheritance of peace and it's time to use it. It's time for me not to cry a pity party. It's time for me to speak peace to my heart and to my situation. You know, and sometimes that's what you need. You know, sometimes at work, you know, everything goes wrong. What do we need the most? A new job? No, we need God's peace to help us navigate through this. And I pray right now, maybe you're going through a tough time. Maybe you're going through a storm. Whether it's a storm of disobedience, then I pray that you will repent. But if it's a storm that that God wants you to go through for His plans and purposes, I want to encourage you that God knows that what you are made of, if you are made of paper, God will not put you into a storm. God knows that you are made of Him and that you can go through a storm. And what you can do while going through a storm is to speak to your heart and say, peace, be still. And remember, this is a great privilege. Maybe for some of us who are watching this and you're not yet a Christian, and I want you to know this is another great privilege we have as a believer, as a Christian, as a child of God, you know, when you're part of the family, you have family perks. And the perks of being a child of God is that, you know, no matter what life throws at us, God is by our side. And you too can have this peace if you open up your heart and invite Jesus in. And at the end of this message, I want to pray for you and help you invite Jesus into your heart. Let him in. Let him in. Maybe, that, maybe that's what you're running away from. You know, you've seen enough proof, but you're still running away. Hey, let him him in. But for the rest of us, I want to pray because I also know that some of us were going through a time of much mourning and pain and that you are not alone. Your church family is with you, but the Holy Spirit is with you as well. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we know that you're always moving, always working, and you are the Potter that is shaping us. God, right now, I want to pray for anyone watching this who is going through a storm in their life right now whether in your marriage, whether in your health, whether in your finances, whether in their studies, whether in their life, whatever it is. Maybe it's not even a storm. It just feels, they just feel deserted. It just feel like they're in a drought season. But whatever season you are in right now, I sense that it's not a season that you want to be in. But Lord, I want to pray right now for them. and Lord, I declare your peace over that situation your peace over every marriage, your peace over every family, your peace over every bank account, your peace over every job, your peace over every decision, your peace, your peace over every season. God, I speak your peace right now and I pray that you will help us, Lord, to rest in your goodness, knowing, Lord, that whether Old Testament or New Testament, you are never far away from those who are going through a storm. So God, I speak your peace, Lord, Let their hearts not be troubled and let it not be afraid. Lord, I speak, God, the completion of the work that you're doing. Lord, let those that are being molded by a storm be molded by it so that they can come out stronger and glorify you in every way. And Lord, let those that are stuck in disobedience, running away from you, God, I pray that you will turn their hearts back to you and they will begin to taste and see and know that you are good and that you are in control. And God, I also want to pray for friends that could be watching who don't know you. I pray right now that your peace will also enter their hearts and let them know that you are real. Peace right now. Joy right now. Into their hearts. Friends, if you've never experienced God before, you experience his peace right now, don't run away. This is more than enough evidence that God is real. Would you let him in?